for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good day everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. Have you ever wondered or even noticed how much more prominent women are in the birth of Jesus Christ than men? And you know, obviously I mean more than just in terms of giving birth, right? Because that's kind of a women's thing. But if you look at Matthew's genealogy, um, it mentions four women very prominently, which is a huge deal. And I'm not going to go in too much because that is like a whole thing in itself. But in Luke's genealogy as well, which is found in chapter 3, now that one doesn't include any women, but most scholars attribute the difference between the two genealogies to Luke's genealogy being in that it follows Mary's lineage, right? So even that is a huge deal. And today's passage has two women and their spirituality prominently showcased. And I think this says a lot about Jesus' ministry and also his mission. So let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Luke chapter 1 verses 39 through 56. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. When John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah that we have been waiting for? His answer is found in Matthew chapter 11. And this is what Jesus famously says. And it's a verse that a lot of people know and know uh, off by heart. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. Now, this was Jesus' answer to a very simple question. It was a yes-no question to which Jesus answered, you know, very long, without a yes or a no. 
So then what is the answer? The answer is like was like a yes and a no in a sense. Now today we can confidently say that the answer is yes, of course. Jesus is the Messiah that creation have been waiting for, that we have all been waiting for. But back then, 2,000 years ago, when the question was asked, the question was more of a no, right? Because Jesus, Jesus wasn't the one they were waiting for. What, what do I mean by the one? The Jews were waiting for a certain mold of Messiah, right? And that mold was basically David, King David a king who would slay the Goliaths of their time, most probably like the Roman Empire, and then all the other enemies of Israel, and reestablish Israel as a kingdom and as a powerhouse, a mighty nation like during the time of King David and Solomon thereafter. So this was the, the king that they all wanted, expected, and it's basically kind of a cookie-cutter thing, like everyone desires this powerful king who can kill all their enemies for you, right? Someone who will protect you. Um, but so, so, so Jesus' reply would have disappointed most Jews, most Israelites at the time, and they would have interpreted Jesus' answer as being a no, I am not your Messiah. But Jesus' reply and the people that he mentions here are very, very important. And it points us to the real yes of his answer. The people that are mentioned are the blind, the lame, the leper, the deaf, the dead, and the poor. Six kind of categories of people, and it's quite the least, lit, quite the list. And you know, you can kind of summarize them as being marginalized at the very, very least. Another way you can describe them especially from a Jewish perspective, is unclean and even unholy. Now, I feel there is one demographic that is missing here, and it's women. Why it's, they're not included, I don't know. But I don't believe that women were left out um, in, in terms of the heart of Jesus and his mission. Now, if anything, you could say that women actually held a very special place in Jesus' heart and his ministry. And that's what I was alluding to in the beginning. The list of marginalized in Matthew 11, well, they were just kind of ignored, right? They were kind of in society, just not even looked at kind of thing. But women were treated, you know, kind of differently, right? Kind of better and much worse at the same time. They were treated like property because they had very little legal rights. They were often and usually taken advantage of. They were abused with no you know, recourse. And they were belittled. They were never educated. And so all of this kind of shows how much, you know, quote unquote, I hope you don't get offended, but they were worth in society and in the culture of the time. And it was all in the hands at the mercy of men, right? They were at the mercy of men all the time. But Jesus is coming changes everything, everything. The blind, the lame, the leper, the deaf, dead, poor, all of them, yes. But now special emphasis is now being placed on women and even further, further special importance, not just to deliver babies, but in the theological and spiritual sense. And in today's passage, we clearly see women being agents of God. I mean, you have a woman here being filled with the Holy Spirit before Jesus was born. And they are, you know, producing, writing, singing psalms that are now recorded in Scripture. The first in the New Testament. 
The birth of Jesus signaled a new beginning in many ways, and one of the most practical way was the value of people that society deemed worthless. Not just, but certainly including women. Now, this may not have been the most obvious one to a lot of people, but I think the most practical application from today's passage is the way that we value everyone in society. In the kingdom of God that has come with the birth of Jesus, we really need to rethink everything we have been used to in terms of how we deal with people. The sighted to the blind, the able-bodied to the lame, the people who can hear to the deaf, the living to the dead, the rich to the poor, the men to the women, and of course, vice versa. I forgot one more big demographic, and that is Jews to the Gentiles. And this is a big one for us. As all of us, and most of you watching, would most likely be counted among Gentiles, as in not of Jewish descent. Now, and also, like these days are possibly like the, where the, the highest tension, greatest tension in terms of racial and ethnic um, tension and, and conflict right now, possibly the highest that it's ever been. So we see the expression um, of this future change in Mary's song. The generations will call her blessed indeed, the marginalized who, you know, who could bear the Son of God. In today's passage, I see Mary and Elizabeth as being representative of the marginalized people like those mentioned in Matthew chapter 11. So we need to reassess our attitudes, our heart, our actions toward everyone around us to start afresh and possibly drastically change the way we think and act towards each other. I hope you understand that the scope of what I was talking about goes beyond the demographic of people that I mentioned. I hope you don't use that list as kind of a limiting thing. I mean, because there are other ways and other people. For some of you, it might be people with tattoos that you have been kind of, where your attitude has been very negative. Um, or, you know, other people who just plain annoy you for different reasons. I mean, all of those people can be included in what I was talking about. And it doesn't take a lot for anyone to be marginalized. I mean, in terms of just not being able to speak a language, people get teased and bullied and beaten just on that one small thing. Jesus came for all of them as much as he did for you, no matter how different they are from you, how whatever you think of them. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to help us reassess the internal deep prejudices that we have, uh, that we have had become accustomed to in terms of the way we look at people and regard people, and ask Him to do His work in us so that we can all grow together as God's people. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank You for Your Word. Uh, we thank You for the Word that pierces our hearts, O Lord. And as we consider the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, and the details therein, Lord, one thing that we see is that you use everyone, you can use everyone, and you love and value everyone. God, we want to take this day to confess of our prejudices, of our biases um, towards people, Lord, many different uh, people and different types of people. I pray that you would redeem and sanctify our thoughts and our feelings so that we can love everyone, O oh Lord love our enemies, love the people who hate us, Lord, but especially love the people that we have somehow come to disregard and to overlook. 
I pray uh, all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world and stepping in closer, see you